Well, thank you for listening to us. Um, hopefully you learned something. I know I did, and I just I just really love the Savior. This has been Walk With Him, and so... Wait, before I, you end that, I just want to say one more thing. Before we close? Yeah. Okay, go for it. Welcome to Walk With Him. I'm Elder Blacker, and here we're welcoming all who are looking to improve their lives by improving their relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. My name is Mitchell Redmond, and today we're going to be going over a variety of topics and doctrine relating to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. There's a lot to learn from the Savior, from his ministry and teachings, and our mission is to help you live the best life from his example. Mm-hmm. That's right. And life is never perfect, which is sad, but our Savior is perfect, so join us as we walk with him. First of all, I'm going to apologize again because we have not posted for, it's almost been a month actually. I looked and it is. Oh! The last one was November, no, October 8th. Oh, yeah. So it's been a month. So that's a month ago. So mm. I have no excuse. So, so. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have a reason either. It just kind of is what happened. We made an entire plan. Like, we're like, okay, this week we're going to do that, and then this next week, it just didn't happen. We're I'm pretty like, sure we even said the plan on that episode. We did! <laughs> and then, um... <laughs> we're like, this is what's going to happen, really, guys. It didn't happen. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but it's fine, because now we're going to be... We're going to be doing this twice a week. No, nope, so. wrong way. Not twice a week. We're going to be doing this... Every this other. Week. Yeah. I'm just going to say twice every two weeks. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Twice every two weeks. Once every two weeks is how we're going to do this. For my sake and for simplicity's sake. Mm -hmm. So our episodes can be better because quality is... And then we can have our website and our email that you can sign up for. Through the website, right? Yes. Lumiet Media. L-U-M-I-E-T. I fixed it because it was having problems and it was yeah, like not turning on and being dumb. And I'm not a website man. I don't oh. even know the term for what you would Software engineer? No, that's for software. Stuff you would put in computers. Oh. Yeah. Rate, like, and subscribe on Ooh. all your favorite podcast platform places. Yeah. So today we're going to be... Just kind of looking back again at our missions. It's been about six months since we both came home. And we're just going to kind of... I feel like there's been like a a really noticeable perspective shift as far as the big picture and how we've looked at our experiences both in the field and here. And so, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. You've almost been home seven months, right? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's weird to think... It's weird to think that you would be 16 months out. Yeah. Technically, if I go back pretty soon, which who knows, but at least the process has started. So that's something. So like I'll go back having like 16-ish months and then I'll finish in 15 months. So it's like almost half and half, which is really weird. So that's like, that's 30 months. That's longer than 30 months. Yeah. Dang. Holy frick. That sounds like a lot of time. I mean, three I'm like 20 years months. Is, uh, three years is 36. 
Bruh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That just made me throw up internally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even with knowing that, you are right. Our perspectives did change. And I think that's natural that as we kind of live the life that we're being guided to, that we kind of see why, right? And we can see how it benefits us. And you know those, you have to look for it because you know like those videos where they're like, they tell you to watch something and then they're like, did you see the flying penguin? And it's like, yeah, no. Or it tells you you're paying attention to one thing, but then you completely miss the, I think the most common one people have seen is the dancing bear. Going through the like the crowd of people throwing the ball. Have you oh seen yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's the most common one, but it's like, yeah, if you're thinking about just the linear motion of like your mission time, mm-hmm. and then suddenly that gets deviated into a whole other different direction, and it's like, oh, wait, wait, I don't know what's happening now. Yeah, and maybe it takes a drastic event like what happened to us to really kind of knock some perspective in us. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I didn't notice God's plan for me until I stopped trying to be in Utah and started looking at what I'm doing here, right? Yeah. And I imagine you had the same experience where you had to get to a point where you're like, okay, I got to stop thinking about this. For you, it's a little different because you're headed back, but... Well, it was also more drastic because it... Well, first of all, it was two different countries, right? Yeah. So I got home. Even in, bro, when I went to the airport in Atlanta, because that was my second layover, mm-hmm. I was like, I should not be in the States. <laughs> like, I sat there with, like, anxiety Being upon not seeing other Hispanic people. I'm just like, this does not feel right. I don't know. It was It was weird. Then I got home, drove home. Saw a billion Texas flags because that's just how Texas is. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I'm just like, don't love this. <laughs> Anything in particular help you kind of move forward and not try and walk backwards, I guess? Um, I mean, the only thing that really could is the fact that I could go back. Like the option was there for me. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's not to say it was wasn't difficult but it's like on those times where i could think of nothing else and just like the feeling of being home would hit me hard on certain days that was the only thing that kept me a little sane that and in and out (laughs) in and out let's go well because i had nothing to do yeah i had no plans on what to do to like i couldn't go back to school because i wouldn't be there that long which is a lie I thought I wouldn't I thought I would go back in like three months that's the original I thought you were told four months right well no it was like four to six months was the window oh okay so I was like okay cool four months I won't have time to do school or anything right you know it's almost been seven months I could have done maybe a summer semester but oh 100% yeah even an accelerated course is like six weeks I could have done like several of those. But anyway, just the, I mean, the most obvious one is that you came back not even two weeks after. Yeah. So we got to go through this together. Yay. All that. And it's been very helpful to have you here and just 
because otherwise we'd both be so lonely. <laughs> it would yeah. be so terrible. Every time I think about it, it's like, dang, it would be miserable if if you weren't here with me. Yeah. Because, like, like, if you were here, then I wasn't. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Or the other way around. Yeah. Because, like, there's nobody we would know here that, that also happened to. I mean, happened to one guy, but I didn't know him very well. Oh, me neither. And so... Yeah, and wasn't it w- his choice to come back? No, he had, like, some weird medical thing that ah. just happened to him. And he's like, oh, they can't figure it out in Mexico. He also went to West, Mexico City West. Hmm. So he came back. And as far as I know, he's still here. Hmm. That was, I mean, that's what kept me going. And then I'm like, I don't know how quickly I, tr- must have been a little bit, like maybe a couple months. But then I started to try and get back in like the teaching mindset. I tried like bothering the missionaries. <laughs> and then when that didn't work, I'm like, you know what? You know that podcast we wanted to start? Let's do that. And you were like, this time I'm going to look how to start a podcast. so that Yeah, we can- no, I did actual <laughs> research this time. Last time we just had like a singular $40 microphone, microphone I bought off Amazon. Blankets surrounding us. And yeah, that was it. Then we talked about whatever the heck we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> we changed the name of the podcast like three times in between we episodes. Did? Yeah. Anyway, it, was it just doesn't. not organized. And this one is slightly more. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we kind of just uh, went off topic, but. Yeah, that's slightly ironic. Anyway, <laughs> how did. Because I mean, you said you came back. And then kind of looking back, you saw that you were... One thing that you told me that I found interesting was that how you like got better just enough to where you could like handle being sent home. Yeah, because I... Like when they were going to send me home originally, that's not exactly what I mean. But yes, it is. They were going to. And I told them I couldn't do it, right? And thankfully, my mission president seems to understand like yeah. that if I were to get sent home, it would be worse than if I were to stay, even though I was doing so terribly, right? Yeah. Like I, it like taking a shower felt a lot more like running a marathon. Yeah. And so as a result, I hardly ate. I stayed in bed like 18 hours a day. Basically like... Did like, absolutely nothing and still just, obviously, that's not a very fulfilling life, right? Right. And but, if you had gone home doing, I mean, you were already doing nothing, then going home at that state, that just would have, I don't understand you how you wouldn't have been able to survive that. Yeah. And so, essentially, I got put into a less stressful environment for a few weeks with the idea that I would go back to being a proselyting missionary, right? And over those, it was originally going to be three weeks. I ended up being one for six or seven weeks. A service missionary? Hybrid missionary, yeah. But you did it for longer than that. What do you mean? In Utah? Wait, so how how many months did you have when they did that? I was at, I was like just over a year well, when I a, got moved to a hybrid missionary. Well, there's another point. I guess this is not related to that point, but you were, when you went to the temple and you were like, should I stay or should I go? 
Yeah. Wasn't that one you had like seven months-ish? Mm-hmm. And actually, I'll get to that in a minute. But Oh, sorry. No, it's actually like one of the biggest things where like my mindset has changed has to do with that experience. But essentially, I just gave a long answer to, yeah, <laughs> I got just better enough to go home. And sure enough, after having gone home, <laughs> and then it didn't go very well to start, right? So basically, it turned out to be correct that, yeah. Yeah. It was a challenge I wouldn't have been able to face without first staying on the medicine longer and then also just being in that less stressful environment. Yeah. Where I was thinking I was going back, right? And so that, because if I'd been moved to a hybrid missionary and they were like, hey, you're going to stay here the rest of your 10 months, I don't think that would have been much better. Really? I don't think so. Why Maybe, not? but. Well, because it's like, I mean, you got sent home, but you still go with the missionaries. Wouldn't mm-hmm. it have been kind of the same thing? Yes, but I don't think I would have accepted that. Well, it took you a long time to accept that you were home. I mean, like. Right. So you think that would have been less helpful than coming home? Um, no, I'm saying like, even if they were to keep me in Utah, but take me away from proselyting, right? I don't think at the time I was in a good enough state to handle that mm. to where it's like, yeah, your your proselyting mission is over. Gotcha. I have another question. If you had given, because you were given no time to prepare for get, going home, do you think if you were given more time, it would have been better? Because no idea. No, I don't think so. I really don't think so. Well, so here's the thing. It probably would have been helpful to have a day or two. But essentially, that's what I did, right? It was because I got sent home, and then I was back like the next weekend, right? Yeah. To see Jeff get baptized. And being there for those two days was so helpful, actually, because it allowed me to put like a, a bow on my Utah mission. Because beforehand, it just felt so... Abrupt. Yeah. Like, it was like I was building something beautiful, and then it was like, hey, stop it right now. It's like, oh, okay. And to be able to go there for a couple days and just kind of get a nice ending to it yeah, was so helpful, actually. Then I got to see how different your mission is than mine. Yeah. I'm just like, wow, you have a vehicle coordinator. We don't have vehicles. You don't have a public bus coordinator? No, it's called GPS. That's our public bus coordinator. Ah. I learned real quickly how to use the subway. So actually, I'll go into that right now. Because in Utah, I went to the temple twice with the question of if I should go home. Right. The first time was when I was in training, so I'd only been out like two months. And I just didn't feel very prepared to be a missionary. Oh, yeah, I remember that email. Yeah, and so I, basically, I was just in the temple thinking like, hmm, should I come home? And like I would have a few months, which would probably turn into like seven months. Um, Hey. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It probably would have, though. Probably, yeah. 
to prepare better because it's like, okay, I've now been out here for a couple months. I understand like how I could prepare now. Yeah. In reality, I don't know what I would have done, um, but that's what I was thinking. Probably not a lot, honestly. And, right. Basically, the answer I got was that, hey, I know who you were when I sent you here. Trust my timing, not yours. And it's like, okay, I'll I'm stay. Like, oh, sorry. Then at like seven months in, I was doing so poorly, like not nearly as bad as the second time where I actually became a hybrid missionary and then went home. But it was starting to get to the point where I wasn't able to live a day-to-day life, right? Yeah. It hadn't gotten there, but a few more weeks and it would have, right? Yeah. Um, And so I went to the temple and I was like, I think I might need to go home, right? And then I very much got an answer of, hey, no, your mission is not yet complete. Stay here. And it was like, okay. And then after that, I felt it was like I had a restart, right? I felt like I was new to the mission again, mentally. Really? Yeah. And that has been one of the biggest things that I view differently now is those last seven months of my mission. Because when I came home, I was distraught that the last 10 months wouldn't have been spent in Utah, right? Yeah. And then I realized that I don't think mentally I have the capability to be in that environment for more than seven months. Yeah. Because it's interesting. At seven months, I was doing terribly, and it was like, okay, maybe I should go home. And then it was like, no, not yet. And then at 14 months, it was, I'm doing terribly, but I don't want to go home. And then I did go home. I realized that those last seven months were a gift to me. It changed my view from, man, I've been robbed of 24 months, right? To, wow, I was given an extra seven months. And that was incredible. Yeah. I mean, I had some idea of what was happening. Because, I mean, I didn't have as a lot of like communication capabilities as far as like with friends in my mission. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't use messenger for anybody other than my parents. Oh. So that was kind of that and our P days were on different days. So even if I did have messenger, which well, I mean you would have been able to, but I guess the point being is like, I didn't have nearly as much information as what was happening other than like the emails you sent, like there was the one, the one I remember the most is when they said that they were switching you to a hybrid missionary. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, wait, I, first of all, I didn't even understand what that meant. <laughs> like, no, I cause it's a completely new concept. Yeah. I mean, nobody had ever heard of it. And you're like, in the email, you're like, yeah, basically I was the first person ever and the last person. Most likely. At least the last person for a couple decades. Yeah. Because it was it was deemed a failure. Um, but really, it wasn't a failure, right? But, but it like, didn't seem like a very great option for a lot of people. Right. So it was something they did a trial run with me and a couple other 
elders and then they were like, okay, that didn't work like we would want it to. So anyway. Hmm. Do they do it with other elders in your mission or somewhere else? No, the I was in a trio with, we were hybrid missionaries. Oh, all three of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, dang. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can see how not every missionary would do super great in that. I don't, I don't know what exactly they thought, what part of it they thought was a failure, but I can see how that would maybe needing a little bit of tweaking. Yeah. But there is the, like, the combination that they're thinking of, right, of doing service and proselyting missionaries. Oh, the integrated mission? Yeah, integrated mission. That's the term yeah. I was looking for. And I don't, I only know how it was done in Leighton. Um, man, sometimes I say Leighton and I'm like, dang, I really don't say the T and it just kind of makes me smile because <laughs> nobody in you all ever says the T. <laughs> They do say Utah, but anyway. Well, yeah, because um, Utah sounds dumb. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first time they made dumb names, so mm-hmm. what you going to do? Um, what did you ask me? The oh, the integrated mission. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know how that's going to work here, but it's a cool thing where basically they want... They don't want the service and proselyting missionaries separated. They want them to know each other and to help each other out. Yeah. That's the basis of it. How that gets accomplished, I think, will vary per mission. Yeah. And it might vary pretty significantly, but Yeah. I know for my mission, like as a whole, I can say didn't do a whole lot of service. Like Neither we were did we but I'll get to that in a second. Finish your story. Well, we were never, I mean, I don't know about your mission president, but like nobody ever pushed for us to go do service. We were kind of, we were told that we should try to do 10 hours a week, but 10 that- 10 hours of service a week? hmm That was, they never asked us, followed up. Nobody did that, right? Yeah. For one- Utah's a hard place to serve. I know. Because it's one of two people, members or people who don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I mean, that's not true. But the, the idea is people, like yeah. most people, we would talk to them and they would say one of two things. Like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to serve so that then you can start to teach me. So no, I don't want that, right? Yeah. That's and then the pretty- other time is if they're members and often they'd be like, oh, no, we're good. Like, you should be doing something else. That's what the members in my mission did to me all the time. Yeah, we it's like we never got to serve members. Oh, it's so much worse in Mexico. I don't know if it's just like the Hispanic culture, but they, like, they're the nicest hosts ever. Like, Hispanic people in general. But they won't let you do anything for them, and I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe it's a pride thing. Maybe it's just like, oh, we're the ones hosting you in our house. We should be the ones to do things. I'm sure it's more of a culture thing than a pride thing. Yeah, it's, but it's just like. Where, like, there's probably just much more of an emphasis of, like, guests should be honored, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. But it's like, first of all, I mean, you have to be pushy because... I mean, people don't take offense. Like, I was always afraid of offending people, first of all, because of my Spanish, because 
I still didn't understand it a hundred percent and maybe still don't, especially now, <laughs> but like I was afraid of being too direct, like being too forward. Cause mm-hmm. when we would be like teaching them, I would, I wouldn't be as forward as maybe some of my companions or maybe as forward as I could have been to get the point across. Cause I was afraid of them thinking that I was putting my beliefs onto them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I was just. And I bet you know missionaries that would do yeah. that. Which makes it even more difficult. But anyway. Yeah. I mean some of my companions would do that. I'm just like well, I don't want to also like harp on it for too long. But like I eventually realized like that's the only way you're going to get people to do things. You know. Mm-hmm. And so I think going back. If I want to do more service, like service at all, then I'm going to have to be a lot more pushy and be like, no, we're going to do your dishes. Like there was, oh my gosh, my last companion, he would just go, we'd finish lunch, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, can we help you with your dishes? And they're like, no elders, we're we're all good. And he would just like get up and just start doing it. And I was like, no, let us, let us help. <laughs> and, he's, and then she's like, all right, if you insist, I'm just sitting there like, okay, guess we'll do this now. <laughs> Something I I talked to with Brother Hinckley, the first or second counselor in, in my ward, though I say, but something I talked to him about, we were just kind of talking about how I would, you know, be doing better going back to the mission and how I would kind of try to lose myself more in the work. And mm-hmm. I was talking a lot about how I had a lot more service opportunities here and then I just kind of sat yeah, there you're and thought, welcome. yeah, I <laughs> had nothing else to do. I, I mean, in and out only gave me so many hours. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go to every service opportunity that you go to, which is fun. I yeah, it's been it. fun. And then I just kind of sat there. And I'm like, you know, if I pushed a lot more for service, I feel like we would get a lot more, like we would be that much more into the work. Like we'd be all in doing service and proselyting. Like if there's no work to be had in the area or like, I shouldn't say no work, but more like no people who want to listen, then we could just switch tactics to, Hey, let us serve you. Yeah. And I was talking about how, how, like my mission doesn't do that. Like nobody pushes for that. And he just kind of looked at me and he's like, you might be the first person that could change the mission in that way. I'm just like, (laughs) interesting i mean like you said when you were like should i go back at the end of your training i've had seven months i'm glad you brought that number up again (laughs) i've had this much time to prepare i'm just like okay i won't do that that and well it's less of what i won't do is more of what i will do right and so and especially if i i'm almost certainly gonna go back as like district leader at least I feel like, I don't know why, I never really wanted to, but it's like, I've been comps with a district leader three times. Mm-hmm. I've been on so many exchanges with zone leaders. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is kind of funny. And I'm, now I'm just thinking, going back, I'm like, hmm, wonder what's going to happen when I get there. But anyway, we'll see. And hopefully we can still record. Yeah, that'll be interesting to find out. Hey guys, thanks for listening to our episode. If you like what you hear and you want to get weekly updates with exclusive content 
and an inside look on missionary work, join our email list on our website. You can go to lumietmediate.com. That's L-U-M-I-E-T media.com. Just scroll down to the bottom and you'll see a little form where you can put in your name, put in your email. It's free. We don't need anything else from you. We're going to be giving you concise and actionable advice, takeaways from our episodes and lessons and experiences directly from the mission field. And so if that sounds interesting to you, just go to Lumiet Media, L-U-M-I-E-T media.com. And we hope to help you a little bit more every week. Bye. Another thing I kind of want to transition is, I mean, it was a lot more noticeable for you, I imagine, looking towards the future and, like, actually planning what you're going to do next. Yes. Because, like, I don't even, it wasn't even that long ago. It was, like, maybe one or two months ago where you started talking about what you wanted to do for school. Yeah, that was only, like, a month ago because for general conference, um... Up in Utah, I went and saw my mission president, right? And he was talking about being homesick, how missionaries will get into the field, right? And they'll be homesick. So they'll just continually think about what they could be doing, would be doing at home, right? And at some point it switches to where they stop doing that and they only live as a missionary, right? And essentially I asked him, Hmm. I basically have the opposite problem. I'm at home and can't stop thinking about what I could, would be doing in Layton. And I kind of asked him what I could do and he told me a couple of things. And anyway, since, since then, like it has been easier to stop thinking about Layton, not stop thinking about it, but like, except that what I've done here is good and that what I have to look forward to in the future is also good. And that, because essentially I kept trying to stop time so that I could go back, right? And just like, I don't know, none of it makes any sense because it doesn't make sense, right? But it just, you wanted to go back so badly. Like you would spend more time in the past than the present. Essentially, yes. Um, But, you know, something else that was really helpful Mm. was because when I first got home, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to do a service mission, right? And so I was like, okay, I need to give this a shot, right? I could see how it would be something that I would quite enjoy, right? But I also wasn't sure I would love it, right? You weren't in the mindset to be like, ooh, service mission, Yeah, but still looking at it, I could be like, okay, I can see how this could be something I like, right? Yeah. Um, So I kind of like um, committed to God to do four months. So it would be to my 18-month mark, right? Yeah. And then I would decide whether I wanted to finish or not. And so that's what I did, kind of, because I didn't really give the service mission a fair shot. You know? Yeah. Because I was still trying to be a proselyting missionary one way or another. To where, like, I so refused to accept being home that trying to succeed as a service missionary was accepting that I was being home. And so I wasn't going to do that. 
Yeah. And so there's a lot of things like that where it's like, wow, okay, that's, I don't know what you're doing, buddy, but okay. <laughs> but what was really helpful was Elder Good helping him leave, which he was called to Ogden, Utah. So that was kind of cool because to be honest, I didn't even realize how much I was helping him leave until he spoke about it when he was in his farewell conference, yeah. right? I mean, I didn't even know that he wasn't like super into the church when he spoke because that's what he said, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, because he was talking about like his high school experiences and I wasn't surrounded with the best of people, which I mean, as homeschool people, <laughs> we didn't really have that sort of problem. No. And but, it was such a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. I'm like, no thanks. I mean, it would have been cool to see more people, but like, mm, drama, no thanks. <laughs> or any of that. Anyway. Um, but then to help him leave, and it was like, oh, hey, dang, I helped the people of Utah still, right? And what was really cool was after that, I had this feeling of completion. Like, because when you go on a mission, right, you get your mission call and it's like, hey, you've been called to Canada or whatever, right? And then they ask you to go accept the call, right? So you just go online and you like check a box and you write a paragraph or something like that. I don't remember. I just wrote a sentence. I think I just wrote a sentence too because it was kind of confusing what they would want us to say. Like, yeah, I'll do it. But <laughs> anyway, you go and you accept the call, right? Like you you do a formal, I accept this. Yeah. And I felt like after Ben left that the work that I had agreed to do when I accepted my mission call had been completed and that and it was like right as I hit 18 months too which was kind of cool because it's like okay because that's all the time that I like for sure was gonna give yeah and so it was like all right there you go Mm -hmm. and then and then I was just thinking about things and it was like okay do I want to continue serving a service mission or do I want to be done And I realized that I wanted to continue serving a service mission. And that was interesting. That made me pause and like kind of wonder why I wanted to do it, right? Why did that make you wonder? Because I was no longer doing it out of obligation. Oh, I see. Because, I mean, there are days you go out because you're obligated to, right? Like you get outside of the apartment because... That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And then there are days you get out of the apartment because you want to. You want to go, like, talk to people and tell them about Jesus Christ. And for it to, for me to realize that I wasn't, like, going to my service assignments because I was obligated to, but because I wanted to, for some reason was interesting to me because I guess I thought I was being obligated to. Mm. At least I was acting that way. Yeah, I mean, you said that you were trying to do a service mission was accepting that you weren't in Layton. Yeah. So that's why you were doing it kind of out of obligation, but not as in you wanted to be a service missionary. Right. Kind of. There was some defiance to it, right? But. Yeah. But to see Ben leave and then to feel that feeling of completion, like the work I had accepted to do, because that's what I like 
specifics, that's how I felt. I don't know, like not my work as a missionary was done. The work that I had accepted or like that you that I agreed to do when I accepted my mission call was completed. The other reason that was interesting is because I couldn't, I could no longer be like, oh, this is God's B plan. Right. Yeah. And did I accept that right off the bat? No. But like I would try and like deny that, right? Like logically. Mm. And I couldn't. And so that also was really helpful because it was no more a, man, what could I have done differently? And like, obviously I still get those thoughts. Like I still wonder like, hmm, I know the answer is no, but it's like, man, could I have just like pushed through? Like, why couldn't I just, you know, and then it's very quickly like, no, idiot. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of, it was kind of funny for me because it's like, all right, this is the time that I think I need to be ready to go back. Like four months, right? Mm-hmm. That that was like, it was four to six months, right? Right. Four was the minimum. And I'm like, okay. And I'm sure you like went dead set on four months. Yeah. Like throughout the whole four months. Then I'm like, hmm, I'm still kind of waiting. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? Where, where's my plane ticket? And then it was kind of a combination of, I mean, waiting to have meetings because we like went out of town meetings were rescheduled and all that but Mm -hmm. it's like okay it's kind of getting out of hand like the farther it went from four months the more i was like okay i don't know what's happening now (laughs) like i can't at that point i kind of felt out of control i'm like okay i've tried so many times to make it as soon as i can but i can't and so when i accepted that it was more of like a tired resignation. It was like, all right, whatever, fine. I'll stop trying and I'll go wherever you need me to go. And then, and then at the end, kind of looking back, it was like, okay, well, if I had not stayed for this long, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Like, I wouldn't be able to go to general conference. I wouldn't have been able to go to Chandler's endowment or his farewell. And these like these moments just kept piling on top for me, and it's like, all right, fine, <laughs> we'll do it your way. That's kind of the heart of what I felt like happened to both of us is a very, very, very slow realization that this is not our plan, and it never was our plan. <laughs> and so that was my take on that. It's like, all right, well, I feel like I've had sufficient amount of time to prepare. And I feel like I can go back with a lot more ideas, a lot more drive for the mission. So so actually, I had a, you said, like, I'll go where you want me to go, right? I realized that that's what I had someone sing when I left. When? During my farewell talk. I had Corey sing, I'll go where you want me to go. Oh, that for, I thought you meant in your mission. No. Oh, that's cool. And it kind of struck me because it's like, oh, wait, I said, I'll go where you want me to go. And literally the first line of this song, it may not be on the mountain height or over the stormy sea. Um, Utah is definitely on a mountain. It said, it may not be at the battle's front. My Lord will have need of me. 
But if by a still small voice he calls to paths that I do not know, I'll answer, dear Lord, with my hand in thine. I'll go where you want me to go. That's the first lyric. Ah. <laughs> we sang hymns in Spanish, so uh, some of them, actually most of them went over my head. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's and then right. I come back and look through the English hymn books. I'm like, where is this song? It should be here, but it's at the back of the book. I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, where's the Star Spangled Banner? <laughs> Why doesn't this Mexican hymn book have it? Spanish it even, hymn book. It didn't even have it. wouldn't be specifically for Mexico, would it? No. Okay. That's actually an interesting question. Do you think Paraguay and Mexico have different hymn books? I think they have a Paraguayan hymn book because they speak Paraguayan as well. That's fair. No, I don't think there's a different Spanish hymn book because I don't think like, for example, the UK and the West, the US. US, Why can I think of that? I don't think they have different hymn books except the UK doesn't have the Star Spangled Banner. I think (laughs) that would be funny if they did. What is their national anthem? That's not important. save the queen. Or king. They have a king now, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we just went on a tangent, (laughs) but thank you for listening (laughs) to Walk With Him. Hopefully you learned something about the Savior. Um, I know I did, Um, and I just, I really love the Savior. So thanks for listening to us, and we'll see you next time. I just have just one more thing I want to say. Before we close? Yeah. All right, go for it. Adi Toast. Thank you for listening to us. This is Walk With Him, a podcast about Jesus Christ. And if you'd like to know more about Jesus Christ, we have a website, which is Lumiet Media, L-U-M-I-E-T, media.com. On there, you'll find stuff about us, stuff about our Savior, Jesus Christ. You'll find our socials where you can follow us and support the podcast. You can also sign up for our email list where we give you just some advice, takeaways from our episodes and experiences that we've had from the mission field. You can join that email list on our website, follow our socials, and if you could rate us, that would really help other people discover the podcast and just start their own journey towards our Savior, Jesus Christ. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Adios. Adios.